Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. My name is Daryl McMullen, and this is a show where we discuss how we can rise above the human condition. We address topics that we all wrestle with because we're all human. And together we look for more positive ways to respond to the world around us. Thank you for joining us on the journey. We hope today's topic is exactly what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It is May 17th, 2021, uh, episode 62, if you are counting. Um, Great to be with you. Um, It's been a crazy seven to 10 days uh, for my wife and I. I'll talk a little bit more about that um, in the episode, but great to be with you. Like I said, uh, let's just jump right in. So, Minute of Transparency this week. The question is, how rigid are you? Now, when I say rigid, I'm really asking, where do you fall on the scale between rigid and flexible? For some reason on the show, it seems like we talk about this a lot, right? It seems like we're talking about um, scales or continuums and, and talking about where we're at, you know, between kind of the two extremes. Uh, think about you know introverted versus extroverted, or morning people versus night people, city people versus country people, uh, Republicans, Democrats, uh, people who get the humor in the TV show The Office, and those who don't. But what we're talking about today is rigidity versus flexibility. So where are you on that scale? Um, I'll let you wrestle with that question yourself as we walk through this episode. Um, but for me. Um, since I can't have you answer, um, for me, somewhere in the range of 70 to 80% rigid. Now, obviously, that's not a hard and fast number. It's not a scientific number. I didn't take a personality inventory, which spit back that percentage. It's simply a ballpark percentage that I threw out there based on my way of looking at the world. Now, the crazy thing is that this used to be a lot higher, but I'm trying to find a healthier balance because without balance, rigidity can look pretty dark. Uh, Lauren Edwards Foll wrote an article for learningmind.com, and the article is called Five Signs of a Rigid Personality and How to Deal with People Who Have It. And in the article, she explains five things that rigid people typically have or things that they do that make life difficult for them and those around them. The first one she lists is uh, obsessive-compulsive behaviors, or OCD behaviors. Now, typically, these come from severe anxiety and an attempt to control surroundings. Number two, blaming others. Very common in rigid people. Always wanting to place blame uh, when something goes wrong. Number three, unattainable expectations. Not just on others, but on themselves as well which leads to irritability, frustration, and anger with the world and with themselves when things don't meet their expectations. Number four, arguing black is white. So once a rigid person believes something, it is very hard to convince them otherwise, even with near irrefutable proof of the opposing argument. And finally, unnecessary confrontation. So this belief that you are right and a need to impose that view on others, which leads to confrontation. Now, when I read that list, I have two thoughts, actually. The first is, wow, thank goodness I'm not that rigid. 
But at the same time, I have this other thought, which is, wow, that sounds a lot like me. I mean, when I look back at my past, I can see those behaviors stick out like a sore thumb. And even today, if I'm kind of moving in an unhealthy direction, some of these same behaviors crop back up. Unfortunately, when I look back um, on my past, one of the areas where I see the most change um, is where my religious beliefs uh, are concerned. And it's, it's pretty sad. I mean, it pains me to look back and see how rigid I was in the past, um, but also how thankful I am that over time I've kind of um, dealt with that and worked through that. So I don't have a great story to go along with this, but if, if I go back through the five examples of rigid people, or rather the five behaviors that rigid people typically uh, will show, I can definitely see some of those behaviors in the way that I used to act religiously. So not so much the OCD, but definitely blaming others. You know, that was a very big piece of my religious upbringing was you know, when something goes wrong, there's typically someone to blame for it. Uh, unattainable expectations, definitely struggled with that. You know, I think some of that just comes out in the legalistic uh, religious upbringings that many of us had when we were younger. Um, this this idea that you're always right there on the precipice of doing something wrong. And so you always have to, um, you know, work hard not to get to that place. And then setting, you know, just unrealistic expectations for yourself, um, which, you know, leads to perfectionism and, and all sorts of things. Um, arguing that black is white. I don't, I don't know that I really got, um, to that point. However, I definitely had some religious beliefs that, you know, I held pretty strongly to. And when I got into conversations with other people, you know, it could go South pretty quick because each of us really wanted to prove to the other that we were right. And then finally, unnecessary confrontation. I don't know that that fully uh, applies to me because I am actually the type of person who does not like conflict. I would rather do whatever I can do to smooth things over um, and, and to, to try to help ease tension between people. Now, obviously, at some point in my life, I became a therapist, um, you know, when I was doing my grad work as getting my MSW. A lot of the things I learned in that program, um, along with books that I read afterward in order to be a, um, a licensed counselor, um, I think a lot of that went to helping me change some of my views and to be less um, rigid on so many things. I mean, I, I can definitely see that in even in just road rage. You know, I think I think there was some level of road rage that I would fall pray to prior to getting my MSW. Um, and then since that time, um, it's been much easier to handle um, driving and the exciting experiences you sometimes have on the road. So anyway, that's just an example kind of of an area in my life where I definitely saw rigid behavior come out. But it's not only in that. Um, there's also some, some rigidity in my schedule when I'm really serious about doing something. So um, I've talked a little bit about, you know, running and how I recently decided that that's something I was going to do. So, you know, instead of doing it once in a while randomly, of course, I set it up as a schedule, right? I run three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 
um, and it it just becomes a routine that helps me accomplish the goal that I set out to accomplish. Same with writing, um, getting up early and writing uh, two times during the week and probably once on the weekend um, in order to prepare for these podcast episodes. And then I look back, you know, when I wrote Controversy Theory, and I mean, there was there was a high level of rigidity there in order to, you know, pump out the correct number of words each day in order to, over time, put that book together. And, you know, the same, I think, will probably be true in the future as I work on conscience-driven therapy. Um, it's it's going to require a high level of rigidity in my routine and in my schedule in order to make progress um, and keep things moving in the right direction. And even if I look at the weekly schedule, I mean, I think there's a level of rigidity that I stick to in my weekly schedule. There's just something comforting about having your week planned out and, uh, you know, knowing when things are going to happen so that you can kind of plan your week out. Now, I know that that is different for different people, but that's what works for me. So what about you? Where do you fall on the rigidity to flexibility scale? Um, But as you're trying to figure that out, let's move into our topic for today, which is transcending routine. So you could say that routine is a byproduct of rigidity, right? As rigid people often require routine schedules and highly controlled environments in order to function. So that's really what I wanted to talk about today is how to transcend some of the very hard and fast routines that we have. Routines that may just be feeding our rigidity a little too much. So today's topic, transcending routine. And in this episode, we're going to talk about three things. Routine can be good, routine can be bad, and step out of your comfort zone. Number one, routine can be good. So I'm assuming my propensity toward routine and schedule um, has come across in previous minutes of transparency. So at this point, no one is shocked when I revealed that about myself. But looking back, I can definitely see a reason for rigidity in my life uh, and how it's been helpful. At this point, the best example really is this podcast. You know, the the Transcend Human podcast began January of 2020. Uh, It started out as a bi-weekly thing, but quickly moved into a weekly podcast. And it's continued that way now for, what, 62 episodes? So, you know, I know people do this all the time right? In fact, there are people who do daily podcasts. Um, But when your podcast is not your full-time gig, right? Weekly episodes can even be daunting. In fact, many uh, of the podcasters that I chat with, most of them kind of are on the same schedule as me, you know, just doing their, their show on the side. A lot of them will ask, how do you do it? How do you pump that out every single week? Um, You know, some of them are doing it monthly, some do it just randomly whenever they have time. And who knows, maybe some of them tried weekly and it it didn't work out, or or maybe they just can't imagine the amount of work that would go into doing something with that level of consistency. And on some level, I mean, I have to admit that I don't even really know how I've been able to keep up with the, the weekly consistency. But at the end of the day, it probably comes down to having a routine maybe even a rigid one. So what is the routine? What is the week in the life of the Transcend Human podcast? So as I mentioned before, um, I don't even remember now, it's probably been a couple months, um, I just decided I was gonna start running. 
And before that, um, I had been pretty routinely getting up at 6.30, between 6.30 and 7, and writing um, most days out of the week. So adding running to the mix um, really decreased the amount of mornings that I had available to write. So the way it's been working out is I run three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, Tuesday and Thursday, I try to get up and I try to write for the podcast. Uh, Depending on how much I get done, um, I either record the podcast over the weekend or um, continue to write and then record uh, the podcast so that it's ready to go Monday morning. Um, And that's pretty much the routine for the whole week. Um, And it requires that effort to, you know, get up and write on days, even if you don't feel like it. Um, because there's a good chance you're not going to fit that time in later in the day because of your 40 hour a week job, because of uh, wife and kids and family and, you know, just taking care of the house in general. Um, so it's one of those things you really have to get up and get done so that it's out of the way. And that's really it. I mean, that's, that's the only way I know how to get it done. Uh, the routine and the rigidity to that routine ensures that things go off without a hitch. It's when I deviate from that routine that, you know, I start to get a little anxious and things start to get a little shaky. Number two, routine can be bad. So based on what we just talked about, it sounds like routine and rigidity are my friends, right? They keep me on track. They keep me honest. They keep me productive. So what's not to love, right? Well, to a point, yes, but beyond that point, no. Being too rigid and too focused on routine can actually get me into trouble in at least these ways. Number one, personally. So if I spend too much time focused on things like the Transcend Human podcast, then I get too focused on me and what's in my head, and I start to live in my head. And after a while, I realize I'm exhausted, not necessarily physically exhausted, but emotionally and intellectually for sure. There are times when I just sit there feeling like I'm stuck in this long, dark tunnel with no way out. The world is still going on around me, but I'm not part of it. I have this overwhelming feeling like there is never enough time because there's so much to do. There's so many things to write about. There's so many concepts I have to get out there. But at the end of the day, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's just this frantic pace to keep moving things forward. So that's personally. And then relationally. So my need for routine is actually directly in conflict with my wife's need for chaos and adventure. For those of you who uh, love the Enneagram, I'm a one and she's a seven. Um, My need for routine, order, schedule, consistency is pretty much exactly the opposite of what fills her tank. So when I'm unhealthy and my routine is leading to an unhealthy level of rigidity, we start having problems. Big shocker, right? So those are two areas where routine can actually be a bad thing. Number three, stepping out of your comfort zone. So last week, um, I did two things that disrupted my routine and hopefully disrupted my rigidity, my level of rigidity on some level. Um, And hopefully, by doing these two things, um, I was able to transcend my routine on some level. So the first thing we did, uh, my wife and I left town. For those of you who listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you remember last week we came to you live from New York City. 
Now, believe it or not, for me, for an Enneagram 1, this was a huge routine disruptor. Uh, Those of you who find routine comforting will understand. But it was exactly what my wife needed as a 7. And as it turns out, it was exactly what I needed as well. So my wife needed it, like I said, because she's a seven. She loves adventure. She loves uh, spur of the moment things like, hey, let's go do this. Hey, let's go do that. Um, But I needed it because my one had become a bit too rigid and stepping out of my comfort zone forced me to deal with it before it became unhealthy. So what all did we do? Well, originally the trip was to help our daughter move out of the dormitory at college. Thanks to COVID, uh, she had started her year a little bit later than she needed to, or was able to, I should say. And so the school, in order to keep them caught up, decided that they would have them all come back and finish out the school year, and then they would do a short summer session that would help kind of flesh out the rest of the uh, courses that they needed for the school year. So that was step one of our our little trip, was to go help her move out of the dormitory um, with three of her friends in the program, um, help them move into an Airbnb in Brooklyn so that they would be closer to New York City, um, where they would be taking most of their classes uh, for the summer session. So that was the first order of business, getting her moved out and all settled. Um, And then we were able to spend a bit of time with her in New York City doing all of the fun stuff like riding the subway, sightseeing, eating good food, and all of that. The next day, we took the scenic route up into Massachusetts and spent the night on Martha's Vineyard. Great little getaway if anyone has um, never been there. It's a little island. You take a ferry across to it. And the next day, we spent, you know, just sightseeing, walking around the island, you know, checking out some of the views of the ocean, um, checking out the little towns and little shops um, over there. A lot of fun. If you've never been to Martha's Vineyard, I would definitely recommend it. After that, we drove out um, all the way out to the end of Cape Cod to a little town called Provincetown. Um, That's always fun to get way out there on the end of uh, the state of Massachusetts. And then we made it back that night um, in order to spend a few days in Boston. Now, Boston is this crazy, crazy story. And I think what happened is I got a bad experience, bad taste in my mouth for Boston back when uh, my friend and I drove out. This was probably, oh, who knows, 20, 20, over 20 years ago. Uh, My friend and I uh, drove out to the East Coast and I remember spending a day in Boston and it was not a great experience. Um, The traffic and just the, the chaos of the city um, was just enough to where I was like, man, I don't, I don't know that I ever need to go to Boston again. Um, but my wife and I rolled into town, um, pretty late at night, stayed the night, got up, uh, and then did an entire trolley, uh, tour around the city the next day. And it was 100% different than what I remembered. It was crazy. Um, I don't know what the, the people of Boston have done, Um, But they have revitalized their city from whatever chaos I remembered. Um, And it was one of the most beautiful uh, cities I've been in in a really long time. Um, The the trolley tour is amazing. You get to learn all about the history and the 
you know, the, the architecture and the, the battles and the generals and the, you know, the fighting the British and all that good stuff, uh, the Boston Tea Party, just a great refresher of American history. Um, the city was clean. The people were nice. Just a really great place to be. Um, so we spent those days in Boston. The next day uh, we got up, we did a harbor tour in Boston, actually took a uh, a boat ride out around the harbor, um, which included more, you know, historical information and just great views of the city. And then from there, we drove the scenic route up to Bar Harbor, Maine, um, spent the night so that the next day we could tour Acadia National Park. The first thing we did in the park um, on the day we were there was called the Beehive Hike, which is a pretty amazing hike. It's really short, but you're literally climbing almost straight up and down. Um, it's very rocky, and they've actually embedded uh, metal handholds and footholds, which allow you to climb your way up to the top of this point where you can look out over the coast um, and see for a really long way. Very intense climb, but a lot of fun. Um, then you get back in the car, you just drive around this loop, um, which kind of goes all the way around the outside of the park, making little stops at different um different coastal areas to, to walk out on the rocks and look out over the ocean and just an amazing, uh, amazing thing to see. Uh, there's this place called Cadillac Mountain, which we, you know, you basically drive all the way up to the top and then um, take a little walk around and it looks over the entire park. It's pretty sweet. And then we finished up the day going to Bass Harbor um, where there's this really old lighthouse and we kind of sat out there and and watch the lighthouse in the water for a while. And that was it. Uh, next day, we got up, got in the car, and it was literally a straight shot um, back to Brooklyn, where we got to spend one more evening with our daughter um, before we flew back to Orange County. So that was the first big thing that happened last week, which made me step out of my comfort zone and kind of address this concept of rigid rigidity and routine. Um, but the second was related to this podcast, actually. Um, you know, because we were gone, because I spent most of the week vacationing and trying to, you know, put everything else out of my mind, um, I really chose to break that routine of writing. So I stepped out of my comfort zone and I decided to try something different this week. So instead of doing a lot of research and writing out the entire podcast episode, I literally just came up with a loose outline and then I'm basically talking my way through it. So it's a bit uncomfortable. I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but, um, you know, my routine and everything in me says to do it the other way, right? Do all the research, write it all out word for word, make sure that you have all of your points documented so that you can hit them all and make sure you don't miss anything. But that's routine. That's my rigid routine. And so, I chose to do it this way, and it's worked out okay so far. A uh, few bumps and bruises, but I'll live. In fact, I think it's actually made me want to try going all the way the other way. So maybe doing an episode or two without an outline, just picking a topic and then talking off the cuff, um, you know, and seeing how that plays out. So, anyways, that's the second thing this week um, that has really kind of forced me to step out of my comfort zone, but at the same time, it is definitely a welcome change.
change. So let's land the plane. This week, ask yourself the following questions. Where do you fall on the rigid to flexible continuum, on the rigidity to flexibility scale? If you find yourself a bit too far one way or the other, what would it look like to move closer to the middle? If you are very rigid, could you loosen up a bit on some of your routines and maybe try something new? Or what if you're completely the opposite? What if you feel like you are way too flexible? What would it look like if you added some routines to your life in order to bring some clarity and some structure? My hope for you this week is that uh, you're able to self-diagnose and basically modify your life accordingly. So there you have it. Uh, thank you so much for being with us, for hanging out today. Um, it was fun to be on the East Coast, uh, but it's also good to be home, and it's good to be back together with you on this journey. Have a great week, and as always, keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.